Welcome to Passion Life Church. Does anybody want to have a life that they love? Let me see your hands. Wave it in the air like you just do care. Do you want to have a life that you love? Turn in your Bibles this morning to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. This is where our theme text is going to come from. And welcome to part two of the series that we started last week, talking about having a life that you love. Pastor Phil, where did you get this sermon series title right from the greatest book that was ever written called the Bible? Listen to this, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. It says, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but counterwise blessing. Would somebody say that with me? Say blessing. blessing. Come on, can we say it strong? Say Blessing. Counterwise blessing, knowing that ye thereunto called that ye should inherit a, say it again, come on, blessing. Here's verse 10. For he that will love life and see good days. Did you forget from last week what you're supposed to do right there? I said, well, you weren't here last week, so I'm going to help you. For he that will love life and see good days. I want you to say, that's me. Let's try it again. Ready? For he that will love life and see good days. All right. If that's kind of you, you can still say, that's, that's me. Or if you want to really have good days, I want you to say it with some gusto. Ready? Let's try it again. For he that will love life and see good days. That's me. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good and let him seek peace and ensue it. Now, when you read this particular passage of scripture, it's very easy to look at this and go, you know, Pastor Phil, Peter, who is an apostle, he was a disciple of Jesus, is probably talking to people who have all of their ducks in a row. He's talking to people who got things, that are great things going on. But let me just tell you, before you disqualify yourself this morning, let me give you some context to who Peter's really talking to. Peter is writing this letter to Christians who are being persecuted. In other words, all around them, they are seeing evil. They're living in a hostile environment. So he's writing to people who aren't necessarily have everything going good, but what they do have is they have their faith in Christ. And so he's speaking to them and he's saying, look, I know you see problems. I know you see this hostile environment. And I love it because he has the audacity to say, for he that will love life and see good days. In other words, it is possible that in the environment that you're in, Although it may not be good, you can still have a life you love and see good days. And that's what I'm believing for us today and for your life and for the people that are listening online, that you will see good days. Now, Peter makes a statement here. He says, he that will, not he that will wish, when you wish upon a star. 
He's not talking about wishing. Can I just tell you in 2017, you can wish and never change because there's a difference between wishing and willing. I have a lot of people that tell me, oh, pastor, I wish you can keep wishing till you die. But until you are willing to be purposeful to do something, it's never going to get done. And Peter is saying, he says, those that will see good days, those that will love life. Can I ask you, will you see good days in Jesus name? Will you have a life you love? You can, you can. And what Peter is really addressing with these persecuted Christians is he's saying this, look, if you're going to have a life you love, it's really all about how you respond to the environment that's around you because the environment around you may be toxic, but you don't have to be toxic. The environment around you may be hostile and evil, but you don't have to be evil. And we said last week, just a real quick review. We said the reason why we respond to the challenges in life or how we respond to the challenges in life is a direct reflection of what's going on inside of us. See how you respond to what's going on around you is a mere reflection of what's going on inside you. And last week we talked about this question, what's really going on in you. You know, because everybody has goals about their body and, and when we come into the new year and our diet. But can I ask you, did you plan for your spiritual diet for 2017? What about what your spirit's going to eat this, this year? Because, you know, if you don't invest on the inner you, you can invest on the outer you all you want and still fall apart. Because you know what? It's about what's in you. What's going on inside of you? Well, Pastor Phil, there's a lot going on. Well, you know what? Peter's basically saying this. Look, you can't control what's happening to you, but you can control what's happening in you. Let me say that again. You can't control what's happening around you. You can't control what's happening to you. But my church family, you can't control what's happening inside of you. In other words, you know what? Maybe the world is toxic, but don't let it get in you. Don't let it get in you. And a lot of people, man, they're focused on the outer instead of the inner. And so God wants to work in our heart. And that's what we talked about. I'm just going to encourage you last week. Man, I, I, I got so many compliments on last week's message. And I'm just telling you because of what people said, you need to go and download it. It's on passionlifechurch.com. I listened to it um, the other day and I thought, man, I'm going to go back to that church. I really like that past. Man, that was really awesome. Are you ready to move forward this morning? So Peter's addressing these people who it looks like there's a lot of pressure in their life. They're being persecuted and look at what he says. He says in the middle of this, Peter gives us a reminder of our identity in Christ. He says this, I want you to know in verse nine, knowing that you here unto are called to inherit blessing. See, the world may be evil, but as a child of God, let me remind you, you and I are called to blessing. You are called to blessing. 
See, we've got to come to the point that we say, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. I'm going to receive what God has for me in my life. Listen, my church family, because what we can do is we can live a life where our experience is king. Well, this is all that's going on. Can I just tell you something? Don't let your, your experience dictate your theology. Let your theology dictate your experience. Because something happens in our lives when we start talking like the world and acting like the world. It's because the world has gotten in us. And we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And Peter says, look, it's possible as a child of God in a down economy that you are, can be blessed. And you need to remind yourself of that. I need to remind myself of that. I'm not just a victim of this world. I'm not just a victim of this economy. I'm actually a child of God, and I am blessed. Would you say that? Say, I am blessed. Can you say it a little louder? Say, I am blessed. You know, blessing in the original context of this is, it actually means to prosper. Listen, to have the favor of God. It's possible to be in a mean world and walk in the favor of God. I see it all the time. And listen, I'm not this guy, and I need to be better. And today, I hope is going to help you. It's going to help me. I need to get up in the morning and say, I'm going to have a life I love, and I am favored by God. But you know what's interesting to me? I have found people do things for me that they don't do for other people. And I'm not just talking about, oh, well, you're the pastor, so somebody's probably bringing you a coffee in the morning. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, this week, I was working out at my apartment and I'm all sweaty and I, you wouldn't would not want to be around me. And in our apartments, we all got notices that says for Christmas, you need to pick up your package in a day because we're not storing your packages. So there was all of these notes all over our apartments about picking up our packages. Well, you know what? I didn't know I had a package. I forgot I had a package and I'm in the gym working out. And the lady from the front desk got my package and she came to the gym and she said, you know what? I saw you and I saw your package. So I thought I would bring the package to you. You know what I told her? I didn't know you delivered. And she just smiled. But I thought, you know what that is? That's the favor of God. She brought, she delivered something to me. I didn't even have to go pick it up. Can I just tell you, you are favored by God. Believe it. Well, I don't know if I want to believe it. Well, good, because I got a question for you then. If he didn't want you to have a life you love and see good days, why did he put it in the Bible? He put it in there so we could believe for it in the midst of times. But here's the thing. A lot of us grew up in churches and were taught, listen, no, uh-uh. you better not have a life you enjoy because that's wrong. We're supposed to live this kind of life. Ow, my hand hurt. Well, if that's the kind of life we're supposed to live, then why did Jesus say in my presence is fullness of joy? Why does the Bible says that it's not just a joy, but it's actually a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory? So I know today as we talk about this, there's sometimes there's an inner struggle growing up because a lot of us grew up religious. A lot of us grew up with religion and not having a relationship with God. 
And so today, I want to help us. I want you at the end of this series to be able to wake up and say, you know what, God? I have a life I love in Jesus' name. Come on, let me try it again. I have a life I love in Jesus' name. Can I just say it and make the devil mad? It is God's will that you have a life you love and see good days. I know some of you are thinking, well, you don't know how old I am. This does not say you can have a life you love if you are this age. It says believe the promises of God. Quit your stinking thinking and believe God's word. Amen. And so here's what we're going to focus on this morning. Peter's going to tell us, and he's going to give us six principles on how to have a life we love. And I'm going to go through two of them this morning. And this is what he says, verse 10, for he that will love life and see good days. Here's the first one. Number one, let him refrain his tongue from evil. I thought that was very interesting. I'm going to be honest with you. I would have not put that as number one. Just me. You know, when you read the Bible, out of all the body parts that the Bible talks about that can get us in trouble, I didn't really think of that one first. I mean, when you read the Bible, you think about the Bible talks about how our steps, our steps taking us where we shouldn't go, our, our feet. The Bible talks about our mind, imagining things that, you know, we shouldn't imagine. The Bible talks about the lust of your eye. But I want you to know something. Right out of the gate, he doesn't say any of those things. Peter says, out of the unction of the Holy Spirit, if you're going to have a life that you love and you see good days, the first thing you're going to have to do is control your mouth. What? I got to get my mouth under control. You know what? God says you're blessed, but do you say you're blessed? All the blessings he's poured out on all of us. But do you speak blessing? Do you speak blessing over your life? Listen, because I hear a lot of people say a lot. Oh, my life. It's so crummy. I wish I didn't live here in Marietta. I hate my job. I hate my family. I hate this city. I hate my country. But I love Jesus. And my dog. Yeah. I hate everything, but I love Jesus and my dog. The Bible says, for he that will love life and see good days, let, it ref- let him refrain his tongue from evil. Listen, I don't usually give the congregation homework, but I will tell you this. Go home and read James chapter 3 and read how it talks about your tongue. The Bible says that that little rubbery, weird thing in your mouth, the texture that I don't even like to rub on the top of my gums, just like, that thing, the Bible says, can set your whole life on fire. The Bible says and compares your tongue to a bit that can control a huge horse. The Bible talks about your tongue and it compares it to this huge Titanic of a ship. And that whole ship is geared by a small little rudder. That is your tongue. 
And I thought about Jesus and the emphasis that he had when he walked on this earth with his words. Jesus said so many things. You know what? Jesus even said, watch your words, even to this extent. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. He says, take no thought for tomorrow, saying. In other words, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we, or how am I going to buy clothes? He says, look, it's one thing to think it, but listen, don't say it. Why? Because your words have power. Jesus said this. He told people, listen, speak to the mountain. Don't just speak about the mountain, because that's what we do. Don't just speak about the problem. Speak to the problem. Speak to the mountain, and it shall be moved. There was a Roman centurion who watched Jesus. Isn't this interesting? Because He wasn't a believer, and he watched what Jesus said. And he watched how powerful Jesus' words were. And it just so happened that this Roman centurion, his servant was sick, and he comes to Jesus. I want you to listen to this. He says, Jesus, I'm not worthy for you to come into my house. Just speak a word. Because I notice something, Jesus, when you speak, there's power. I don't even need you to, and this is such a lesson for us. He is an unbeliever. You know, sometimes as Christians, we need three, four, ten people pray for us, lay their hands on us. We go get anointing oil, a gallon, and we're like, you know. And this guy just says, you know what, Jesus? I just need one word from you, and I will believe. And Jesus speaks a word. Jesus speaks a word. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 107:20, it says this, he sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and healed them. This morning you're hearing his word and let it heal you because it's the power of words. And that's what Jesus was doing. He was demonstrating to us that your words have power. See, you have power to heal or hurt people with your words. You have power to make your marriage better with your words. Guys, when your wife says, how do I look in this dress? You better pray over those next words. So my wife today is serving in kids. So let me just give you a little hint what I say. The other day she was trying on these dresses. My wife is beautiful and I, and I love her. And, and uh, so she wanted me to go with her to help her buy a dress. Now I'm okay with suits. Like I, I, I do a little bit of my own style, you know, just a little bit, I'm all right. But dresses, you're asking the wrong dude. But I love you. I will go with you. So she tries the dresses on. And she comes out of the dressing room. I'm serious. Don't tell her I said this. And I'm like, 
I'm just, whoa, right? Whoa. What do you think about this dress? How do I look? Here, guys, this isn't even going to cost you. I'm going to give this to you for free. You look good. But I don't know about that dress. Man, you look great, honey. I just don't know about that dress. How's that? That's pretty good, right? That's six years of marriage. Come on, and some thought. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. That's good. That's a good word. I, see, that, oh, you look great. I just don't know about those shoes. So, but then she came out, and she found the dress, and I said, that dress was made for you. But you know, a lot of times we can use our words in a way that hurt people that, or heal people. You can use your words to build somebody up. You can build and use your words to tear people, tear people down. You know, you can use your words to bless people. Parents, bless your kids with your words. Parents, dads, mom, bless your kids with your words. You know, because we can use our words either to bless people or we can use our words to curse people. Do you know you can use your words to speak death or you can use your words to speak life? This scripture is so powerful. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. It says, death and life are in the power. There's that little thing again of your tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Pastor Phil, I just feel like I know you're talking about blessing, but I feel like my life is cursed. Maybe because you got to change your words, because your words, you're speaking curse. You're speaking cursing. And you know what? A lot of times I think what happens is when we think about speaking evil, we think about, oh, I shouldn't cuss. Oh, I shouldn't tell dirty jokes. But in actuality, that's part of that speaking evil. But let me just say this. Speaking evil, when Peter was talking to them in the original, Original Greek, listen to this, it actually means, speaking evil means ill will, destructive talk, and this one hit me right in the heart. Speaking evil says speaking not as it ought to be. Speaking not as it ought to be. So here, God says you're blessed, and you say, I don't know. You know, I thought about when I thought about evil, evil report, evil words, I thought about in Numbers chapter 13, you don't have to turn there, but God, when he freed his children, he wanted them to have a life that they loved. He had a land flowing with milk and honey for them, for his children. Just like you today, he has blessing for you today. And he told them, Listen, this is the land I have for you. It's mine. Would you say that with me? Come on, say, it's mine. And this is what he said. And this is the Christian life. Just go take it. But there was a challenge. There were giants in the land. And listen, listen to this. Because Moses sent 12 spies into the land. He wanted them to get a vision, get a vision of the land and come back, inspire us with what's going on. And 10 spies came back with a bad report. But listen to how the Bible characterizes it. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 32, it says, and they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched 
unto the children of Israel saying, listen to this, here's the evil report. The land through which we have gone to search it, it is a land that eateth up its inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in there and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. So God says, that land is for you. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Go get it. 10 spies come back and listen to what they say. You know what? That land, if we go in it, it's going to eat us up. And listen to this exaggeration, this evil report. Everyone we saw over there was giants. Everyone? I mean, even the babies were giants. Like they were baby giants. Like they were so big. Did you see the jolly green giant? Every, everything you saw was big. Well, let me just tell you. They were probably giants because the land was so fertile. God wanted, and it was so resourceful, it made the people strong. So God wanted his people to go into the land. And there were two spies, Joshua and Caleb, who said, you know what? That land will eat you up. But you know what? For us, those giants are bread for us. You're talking about the giants eating you up. Listen, we're going to go in there and we are able. Would you say that with me? Say, we are able. I want you to say it with me because today at Passion Life Church, you are among the we are able group. You are not among the we are not able, we can't do it. No, you can do it. You can. Not because Pastor Phil says, because God said you can. And I want to be among the we are able people. But can I tell you what speaking evil really is? Speaking evil is speaking contrary to what God has spoken. They came back with an evil report. And let me ask you a question. Who are we to say we can't when God says we can? I can't. No, you can't. You can't because all things are possible to him that believes. But if you're taking notes, just write this down. See, what faith does is faith says what God says. Faith says what God says about your situation. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, Paul talks about faith and speaking faith. Listen, I don't want to just tell you, don't speak evil. I'm going to tell you what to speak. You need to speak faith. You need to stop speaking stuff that's contrary to God's word and start speaking faith and speaking God's word. But Paul tells us, he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, he says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, listen to these words, I believed and therefore I spoke. I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. This is not a hard scripture to understand because in actuality, more of us are doing this and don't even know it. You are speaking what you believe. Oh, I know God is good, but I feel like I'm cursed. See, God can be great and he's good, but you are speaking what you believe. Oh, I know people get healed, but I don't think I will ever. 
You know what you are doing? You are speaking into the atmosphere things that are contrary to the word of God. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're acting. God blesses America, but he didn't bless me. You really believe that? Well, I just kind of, I'm just kind of one of those persons that I just, um, I say whatever I feel. How's it working for you? So instead of your standard being God's word, your standards have become your feelings. And now you believe and your theology of what you believe is based on your feelings instead of the standard of God's word. And when God's word says you can have a life you love, you can go in to the promised lands. It don't matter how big the giants are, baby. When God says you can have a life you love, it doesn't matter what's going on in the economy. You can have a life you love because his word is powerful and faith will speak what God speaks. And this is something that we have to understand. Is it okay if I go a little bit deeper this morning? Because I think this is so powerful talking about our words this morning. This is something you need to understand about God. Or, or you'll get a little bit confused. God speaks to things that don't exist, so they will exist. God looked into a chaotic darkness of the universe, and he didn't say, wow, it's really dark. You know what he said? Let there be light. You know why there was light? Because God said it. God said it. So he speaks to things that are not to bring them into existence. And listen, the Bible talks about Abraham. God told Abraham he was going to have a son and he never had one. In the beginning, he was like 100 years old till he had it. But God kept speaking to him and said, you're going to have a son. And if you don't understand how God works, you get frustrated. And in Romans chapter four, verse 17, it's talking about Abraham. It says this, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed God, listen, who gives, to, gives life to the dead and calls those things which are not, he calls those things which do not exist as though they exist. So when I speak faith, to speak faith, I'm speaking those things that are not, that I don't see as though they were. I'm speaking in agreement with God's word. When Joshua, listen to this, and believe me, I'm not trying to confuse anybody today, but I, I pray that God would help you see how he does things. Joshua and Caleb, the other two spies, were not living in the land yet but they said, it's ours. It's ours. They were still giants, but it's ours. That's faith. That's faith. That's mine. God said that's mine, and I'm gonna say what God says, I am able. So what I'm doing, listen, when I speak according to God's word, I am aligning my word with his word. Woo! You know what that is? It's the power of agreement. I am speaking the word that God already spoke. 
You know, that's what's cool. You don't have to come up with new words. Just speak this one. It's good. It's been good throughout the ages. And it will be good forever. Just learn some of that right there. Speaking faith. So I'm speaking in agreement with what God already said. Even if I don't see it, I feel sick. Listen, you are healed and you are a healed person fighting sickness. So say by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. (laughs) But I still got (laughs) to. It don't matter. Speak in agreement with him. But what's speaking evil is is speaking contrary to what he says. Can I just tell you something? Write this down. Complaining is to the devil what praise is to God. Complaining is to the devil. You know, and the same words that you use to complain, why don't you use them to say something good, to bless, to say something Can I just address a deeper issue? You know why the 10 spies, when they came back, do you know why they said we can't do it? Well, it tells us in verse 33, in Numbers chapter 13, verse 33, it says, and when they saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants, listen to this, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, so we were in their sight. Here we go again. What's happening in you what they did is they allowed the giants their outside world to determine their inside world and when that happens in you you're going to feel defeat the goal is that your inside world what's going on in you your spirit be bigger and stronger than everything that's going on around you But in their heart, here's why they said what they said. They allowed their heart to be filled with doubt and unbelief. And so they spoke it. You will find in the Bible, you will always speak consistent with what's going on in your heart. The Bible says, listen to this, in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Are you glad you came to church this morning? Listen to this. I I hope this challenges you. And I I, honestly, I didn't plan this. God gives me a title, a scripture, and then I go into the scripture and I pray. But there's something this year that I believe that God wants to do some more work in us so he can do through us. But if we're just concentrated on all of the stuff that's outside, we can miss it. But listen to what he says in Luke 6, 45. A good man brings what? Good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man, there's that word evil again. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in, 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 in me. Can't control what's happening around me, to me, but I can't control what's happening what? In me. And you know what you can do? you can store up good things in your heart or you can allow bad things to be stored up in your heart and it's your choice. I know people that are still bitter. They were partying like it's 1999 and they're still stuck there because they're still angry over something that happened that they can't change. 
And you know what? You can allow that to get in you. I said this last week and it bears repeating. It's 2017, but there's still people who are living in 2002 because that's when the breakup happened. That's when the bankruptcy happened and they allowed one day in their life to determine whether they see good days because you know what happened? It got in you. Man, I'm preaching myself excited this morning. And I'm asking you, What you're saying today is coming out of your heart. And if there's good things in your heart, you're going to say good things. This is why Peter is saying, refrain your tongue from evil. Because they were seeing evil in their presence. They were being persecuted. And Peter was saying, look, if you're speaking evil, it's because it's getting in you. And you're blessed people. You're blessed people. Don't let it get in you. And you know what's sad about the 10 spies that came back that said, we are not able? I want you to listen to this. They were defeated in their hearts before they even fought the battle. And you know what? We get to read and know the whole story. And I want to show you something I think it's so powerful. God is going to make them win. If they'll just follow what he says and say what he says, they will win. Do you know you can be defeated even before you get into the battle? Because you've allowed things in your heart. Let's fast forward. Let's fast forward. Moses has died and Joshua has taken over. Joshua is one of the spies that says, we can do it. We're going for it. We are going to go for it. Joshua is in leadership. He is ready to take on the giants. Him and Caleb. Caleb said, we can do it. Guess what? Here's their first Battle. The first battle is the Battle of Jericho. You've heard this story many times. The Battle of Jericho. Jericho was a city that was walled. That was their protection. And I'm going to bring this all together. When I was reading this, I thought, oh my goodness, this is so good. Ready? Here's how God works. God talks to Joshua. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. He's telling Joshua, now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. So they knew the children of Israel were coming. None went out and none came in. Verse 2, and the Lord said unto Joshua, see, I have given you the land of Jericho. Watch, listen, listen, Joshua, you see that city? You see, can you see good days? Well, the city I see, God, if I'm going to be honest with you, it's got walls and giants. But God says, can you see that despite the giants and that huge wall, that's yours. That's yours. Can you see it? This is how God works. God will show you a walled city and tell you it's yours, even though it's still walled. Because he speaks things that are not as though they were. God wanted Joshua to see a city that was conquered when the walls were still up. God wanted to see Joshua to see a city conquered even though the walls were still up. 
And he says, I have given you that land, the king thereof and all of the mighty men. See, I want you to see what I have for you, even though the walls are still up. He that will love life will see good days. What do you see? And here's God's plan. Joshua, I think this is my revelation. Can I share it with you? Joshua, here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna walk around this wall one time a day for seven days. But I want, now this is gonna be hard for the children of Israel. I do not want them to say one word. You know how hard it is to keep people quiet. And I thought about why would God have people walk around a city and not say a word? Because the children of Israel had a history of complaining, constantly complaining. Please hear my heart today. God was telling them, I don't want you to mess up this victory with your words. This is a victory. And God was saying it's better to keep silent than to say the wrong thing. And they walked around seven days, one time a day. Listen to this. On the seventh day, God said, on the seventh day, the seventh time, I want you to shout. And when you shout, if you will use your mouth, if you will use your tongue to praise me, you will see the walls will come down. On the seventh time, on the seventh day, they were all quiet. They did not speak contrary to what God had told them to do. But when it was time to shout, they lifted up their voice, listen, and with one word, shout, all of the walls came down. Isn't it crazy? Listen, they didn't even have to fight the battle. All as they had to do was say what God told them to say. And the battle was theirs. The 10 spies who wimped out, who were chickens, who said, we can't do it. My church family, God always had a plan to take out the giants. He always knew, he always knows his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. And here's the first battle. And God says, all I want you to do is shout and that city is theirs. Can I just encourage you, church family, don't let anyone take away your shout. Don't let any situation take away your praise and your shout and using your words to bless God and to thank God. Come on, could you give him a good round of applause this morning that we need to lift him up and the walls will fall. And in all of your thinking and calculating of why you can't have a good life that you love, I, Peter says, if you'll start to speak what God says, it's the first part. Refrain from evil. Refrain. I think it's funny. Can you imagine the people of Jericho standing on the wall watching people and there's they don't say nothing i, I imagine I'm, i have a vivid imagination a guy going you know 
are they going to kill us with the silent treatment? Are they just going to give us the silent treatment? All of the armor, all of the Navy SEALs of the Israel army walking, not saying anything. And they won the battle with a shout. Some battles in your life are going to be won with the word. It's no coincidence that Jesus is called the word. And you know what I want to speak in my life? I want to speak his word. And before you get all crazy about fighting a battle, you need to know something. God has a plan. The battle is his. So say what he says about it. Come on. Can you give him a good round of applause? Jericho was one with a shout. Are you ready? You can write this down. You can tweet it and you can put it on Facebook. Your words can either win battles or your words can either cause defeat in your life. Ask Joshua. Your words can either win battles for you or your words can cause your life defeat. Speak no evil. Here's the last one for today. I'm not going to spend as much time because it's not really a lot, but he says, number one, if you have a life you love and you're going to see good days, he says, right, refrain your tongue from evil. And here's number two. He says, speak no guile. You know, speaking guile means to speak with the intent to deceive. And here we see the power of words again. It carries this connotation of baiting someone with your words using your words to bait someone, crafting your words to try to bait someone. You remember when the devil, as a serpent comes to Eve, crafty, this is all he says. These were the words. Humanity fell with these words. Did God really say? Words, that's it. Eve's like, ah, Did God really say that? I wonder how many of us in this room today, we look at the world around us. Did God really say I'm blessed? Because look, look what's going on. Speaking guile. And this is a twofold one. Because you may be in here and you're really good with your words. But can I just encourage you? Here's the second thing. You need to know that there are people who are gonna try to use their words to bring you down to their level. And they're gonna speak guile to you. They're gonna bait you. So here's my encouragement. Don't take the bait. You like that? I thought about that the whole week. Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. Can I give you an illustration? Then we're gonna close. Somebody comes up to you at work. Hey man, how do you like the job? Oh, I hate it. They just hate it. Okay, he leaves. But when someone comes over to say, hey, so what are you thinking about work? I hate this job. And it's like, almost like they're saying, right? It's a little question mark. How about you? Oh, I hate it too. And little did you know that so-and-so came over to ask you that because the boss really likes you and asked this person, your manager, to come over and ask how you thought about the job. And you just got baited. 
And that person comes back to the manager and says, oh, he hates this job. You got baited. And can I just tell you, don't take the bait. You may not love your job, but you know what? When someone asks you, you can say, I thank God that I have a job today. I thank God that I have a paycheck. And you know what? I'm going to do the best with what I have where I'm at. You know what I'm doing? I'm speaking faith. And if you're not careful, God may have you there because he wants to promote you. But with your own mouth, you'll demote yourself. Speaking guile. Don't take the bait. Don't speak the negativity. Don't do it. Come on, say it with me as we close. Say, don't take the bait. Come on, just touch your neighbor real quick and wake up. Say, don't take the bait. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com 